Thank you for joining me on episode 93 of the Unique on a Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. And today, Brian Burkett is back. I so enjoyed last week's conversation about Generation Z, and I wanted to keep going because not only is he passionate about Generation Z, but he is also passionate about the up-and-coming generation, Alpha. So we talk all things IA, authenticity of the church, and so much more. So see why Brian says God has a plan for every generation. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. Rachel here with Brian Burkett, the author of Zoomers, a manual for discipling and ultimately enjoying this generation called Z. Brian, last time we talked for a good hour and a half about generations and Generation Z, and it was awesome, and and I enjoy talking to you, but, but we didn't get a chance to talk about Generation Alpha, which really nobody's talking about yet, and it's the generation that comes after Z, but before we get into Generation Alpha, something I forgot to ask you last time is, who is Brian? I didn't even, I mean, I introduced you, but nobody knows anything about you, and so I'm like, oh, I made the mistake, I want to know. Who is Brian Burkett? Thanks, Rach. Tell um, me yeah, um, about your Jesus story. Oh my gosh! Okay, wow. Um, <laughs> that it's like it's like Wait, know, tell us the Lord of the Rings yeah, without. Yeah, um, to yeah, go into that, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. I'll just say this: that um, I got saved right after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I was twenty six years old. I had never heard the gospel once in my life mm-hmm. until after nine eleven. I grew up in Midtown Sacramento. Um, letters and numbers, it's like a grid down in there. And uh, it's the largest city in the United States that hasn't tasted a revival. Mm. Uh, it's got a 93% divorce rate oh, wow. since the 80s, um, Christian and non. Uh, and just very, just like a cesspool. Everything looks great on the outside and just horrible on the inside. Um, really? uh, it's just a, a really weird place to grow up. And so, um, yeah, it's very, it, it lures a lot of the, I guess you'd call them hipsters or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but it just spits them right back out. It's mm-hmm. just, you can just see it. It just consumes innocence. So that, anyway, that's where I grew up um, and uh, went on the road. I was very, uh, very active in the skateboarding industry and very active in the music industry. Um, and so uh, touring, um, by the time I was in high school, uh, junior and senior, I was touring the nation with a band. Um and uh, this is before internet or anything like that, where it's actually very difficult to, to have a band and to right. do that. Mm-hmm. And because um, nowadays, just kind of like put forth on a platter. It's like there's all these programs and all these things that you can do. You can watch a YouTube videos on how to be a band and how to do her. There was none of that. So mm-hmm. we're just doing that. So uh, American Idol or voice or yeah. No, it was just very, very difficult to break in. But um, we were uh, being played on all the college radio stations in the United States. We would tour and towns there'd be 300 people show up that had never seen us play and they knew our songs it was like an interesting way to live Mm -hmm. um anyway eventually i quit the band uh the newspapers in sacramento actually did articles about how i ruined sacramento which is interesting and um and uh, yeah and so uh i just i just escaped uh i was i was this narcissist uh pathological human being was very horrible and so i hitchhiked across the country for three and a half years um got into all this new age stuff uh Eventually, my journals from then, I keep saying over and over, I just want to stop hurting people. Mm-hmm. That was like my, my number one thing. I, I, I'd cry you know, all the time because I, I, I was like, I'm going to be a good person. And, you know, without God, that's impossible. And so right. um, eventually, God just kept willing me. This is the shortest I've ever told the story. And, um, <laughs> and so uh, eventually, yeah, eventually a friend that I had known from years before that was a skateboarder that got radically saved and born again Christian. I remember my perspective of that conversion, be, being an unbeliever, was my, my friend is so boring now. Um, like, I didn't, I didn't want to be around him, like that whole thing. And he continually would preach the gospel to me. And I would forcibly remove him from my home when he would start, mm. repeatedly over the course of a couple of years. Well, he heard from the Lord that I was in town, and I'd only been in town for three days, and no one knew except, mm. like, three friends. The Lord told him in prayer I was in town. And I hadn't been in town for months. And so, um, and so that, there's my, my radio there um, telling me that I should have an interview um, today. That just happened. Okay, so um, anyway, uh, from there, uh, he called me on the phone at this place I was staying at. Only one person in the world had that phone number attached to me. 
And he heard from the Lord to call that specific individual. That's amazing. And ask if they knew that I was in town. And the guy's mm. like, how did you know? And so, um, and so he calls me on the phone. And, and at this point, I knew I needed Jesus. I knew. I mean, I'm not going to get into it. There's a lot of mystical things that God used to, to draw me to him then. Almost done with the story. And so, um, yeah, this would be a very long story if I told you everything. And, um, and so sure enough, uh, we have a conversation. And uh, he systematically uh, dismantles every single lie that I had told him every time I had kicked him out of my house mm-hmm. in the years before. Even though at this point I knew it was, I was, it was all bankrupt. I, didn't, I knew they were all lies. I just didn't know how to get to the truth. So I was literally fasting and, and doing yoga and meditating, trying to get to Jesus, because I didn't know the gospel. No one had yeah. ever told me the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he asked me, so what, finally at the end, when he realized I was sincere, I was just crying. And, I, and he's like, why don't you go to church? And immediately had this revulsion in me, because I grew up in Midtown Sacramento. So Republicans, bad. White people, bad. Christians, bad. This is like, I grew up like this. Mm-hmm. And so capitalism, bad. You know, America, bad. And so, and so inside of that, basket of depravity uh, and lies was this idea that you never go to a Christian church. And mm-hmm. so when he said, why don't you try going to church? I realized that I had this resistance that was keeping me blind in another part of my life. And so I heard this voice. Are you willing to give, make, uh, are you willing to break promises you've made to yourself in order to have me? Wow. And I, I emphatically said, yes. Uh, he said, fine, then I'm going to pick you up uh, the after tomorrow and we're going to go to church. And I said, okay, you know, I'm like, so in, and he says, and I'm going to pull up to your house. And if you're not there, I'm going to drive away. And, and it, this is not his personality. He's the most yielding, most incredible, gentle human being. And yet he just put a line in the sand and yeah. I think that's what I needed. And so, um, I got out there 20 minutes early just to make sure. And um, I remember <laughs> sitting there on the curb, you know, Sacramento is not a big place, downtown Sacramento. And I just had so many memories just about on every single street corner in that entire area. And I remember just sitting there, just at the end of my rope, just sitting there on the curb uh, in, in this place. And I had all these memories of just knowing that things were about to change. And he took me to church. I gave my life to Jesus. Um, there was a lot of things that happened even during that service. Pastor Francis Infuso, my father in the Lord, was speaking at the Rock of Roseville. Uh, and they were experiencing incredible revival, as most churches were after 9-11. And um, I got saved in that post-9-11 revival. And um, I, I just immediately got into full-time ministry, and I have not uh, jumped out since. I uh, just said yes uh, then, and um, continuing to say yes whenever it occurs to me to do so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I married Katie, my wife, three years later, and uh, we've been in full-time ministry since. We pastored a church uh, for 10 years, mm-hmm. and um, it just closed the doors you know, in November, really feeling led of the Lord to do so. Mm-hmm. And now we go to Jesus Culture in Folsom. Um, even though they call it Jesus Culture Sacramento. It's funny to me, but whatever. And um, Folsom is fairly far away from Sacramento, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, and, um, and so, uh, yeah, that's where we go. And um, I just uh, finished a book a year ago uh, called Zoomers that, that you um, so graciously have uh, plugged for me. Thank you. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, I would love it if everybody would read that book. It's really incredible. Um, it's not so much uh, a money-making opportunity for me as much as I really hope to get this out there. And if right. – uh, if anybody would want to have this information, uh, they can't afford that book. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that if they contact me directly, I will send them a, a free digital copy. I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. Uh, mm-hmm. If they if they can afford it, by all means, buy it on Amazon. But I don't want that to hinder anybody from being able to read it. But this book was birthed out of the church that you pastored, because really, wasn't it a Gen Z church? I mean, yeah, you could basically call it a Gen Z church. Uh, the majority of people were under 23. Okay. And so, um, yeah. Is, is that really where your passion for the generations came from? Because you're not really just an expert in Gen Z, but you seem really passionate about all the generations and everything that they're gifted at and what they all bring to the table. So is that church where it kind of started? Um, you know, even before be- being a Christian, be- before being being born again, I... I was already paying attention to culture. You know, I, mm. me and a couple of my friends were very much, uh, we're about a year and a half ahead, I guess you could say, as far as where culture would eventually go. Mm-hmm. And so um, just paying attention, just looking at it, just being like, you know what, this makes sense. That if, if, if this is where it's going, eventually it's going to go there because things move in cycles and you know, whatever, sentiment and all these things. And so um, just always paying attention. 
And I think that just came from having to raise myself. And, you know, my, my, my childhood was a very much of a me being alone um, out in the streets and no siblings, one parent who didn't really talk. And it was a very just interesting moment. And so just paying attention based almost on survival, mm-hmm. having to try to understand what's happening around me to keep myself safe. Um, and I think that bled into eventually being a perceiver. And so, yeah, so being, being with Gen Z, um, uh, you know, they, they tend to hurt to solve problems, like hurt others, uh, to, to solve their own hurt, um, that, that just cut their teeth inside of that social media world where that's, that's acceptable, and now they do it in the real world. And so um, a, a lot of these ones that I thought I would actually be doing life with for the rest of my life, um, I, that's what I planned on. Um, I'd say two out of three um, just either disappeared or disappeared hard, meaning accusations, um, all these things, but without the opportunity for dialogue. So that, I think that would be the, 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 the differentiator. You know, a lot of people can be hurt and assume, but they would be wanting that leader or whoever they're, they're, they're hurt by to come back and try to have a dialogue. But with the Gen Z, they tend to decide about you and then it's done and just not get the other side. Just it's almost like they're comfortable in that pain and that anger. And, no and so uh, uh, they would say they would love it, but they don't tend to give it. Um, it. Unless it's marketable. If it's marketable, they tend to give it. Um, what do you mean by like that? if they can put it on their, if they can put it on their social media page that they're oh forgiving, gosh. then it's valuable. Oh if they can put it on their social media page, yeah, yeah, you see what I'm saying. But oh. just just to do it for the actual pleasure that the Lord has in it, very rare. Um, and so here we are. And so so because of that, you know, pain. They say that uh, necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> I would say pain um, is the. Uh, would be the, the mother of uh, perceiving mm-hmm. if we would allow it. Because it's like, at least for me, it, it really pushes me to understand. I'm yeah. like, okay, how do we avoid this next time <laughs> without using unforgiveness and bitterness and offense? Wow. <laughs> so, so for me, it's, it's more about, okay, then how can I understand this? How can I get underneath it? What's the nature of this thing? Mm-hmm. And so that's really what pushed me in there. And then it, over conversations with Pastor Francis, now here we are. I'm just all these generations. It makes sense. To, to get involved and embroiled in the differences and the similarities between the generations. I think that's really what pushed me here was pain. Mm, yeah, <laughs> but, right. but at the same time, here we are. I'm just, I'm in, man. I'm, I, I'm so enthralled, especially with Alphas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, just the generations themselves, like mm-hmm. how an entire globe can somehow come to a, a certain amount of consensus without talking about it. it it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's staggering. In, in how common that is. Yeah. Well, and I'm a firm believer that all of us are created unique on purpose. Even the things that we see as weaknesses, God can use them for his mm-hmm. glory. And that's the same Absolutely. thing that you see with the generations that, okay, maybe we have our issues with the, the, the builders and the boomers and, and so on and so forth. But there are also strengths that can be pulled from those weaknesses that can be used for Christ's glory. But before we get into the alphas and the difference between Z and alphas. Let's do a quick recap of the generations. We talked about builders that there's there's yeah. the World War Two vets and there's not many of them left. Do you know um, when does that kind of end? Because boomers is what forty six, nineteen forty six. Is that when that starts? Uh, did you say Zoomers is nineteen forty six? Is that what you said? Boomers, B. Boomer. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you now. <laughs> I was like later. Um, yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, um, you have the boomers. Yeah, they start right around 19, like born, mm-hmm. uh, I think right around maybe even like 1942. Okay, got it. So yeah, um, okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe even 40, uh, maybe 41, something like that. Um, and then the Joneses that come after them uh, tend to be born right around 1952. Mm-hmm. 53, um, and then all the way up into wherever that, or maybe 50, all the way up into uh, where Gen X, and when does Gen X start? I think Gen X starts in like 67. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then you have Millennial starts, oh man, that, this is a little bit harder See, for me. and this is hard. Millennials, is it like 80? Well, every 80, website 81? says something different. Yeah, some say... 
78, yeah. some say 80, some say 85. Yeah. And so it's really... I don't think it's a direct science. I don't think yeah. it's exact. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you wait, you, you all of a sudden you're born at midnight on this specific date and all of a sudden you go, I think completely different than that person that was born an hour before. Yeah. But I think it's more of a collective sentiment and I think an overall uh, desire of God to, to have a generation uh, usher in his purposes and designs long term. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, it's much more about that. You know, I, I think I would, uh, I was almost like a forerunner for uh, Gen Z to a certain degree, as mm-hmm. far as how I lived, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even helped usher in like, even some of the negatives as far as mm-hmm. culture was concerned, mm-hmm. um, with a couple others that I knew. And um, we had a sentiment that wasn't really seen then and now it's just official you know in culture so Mm -hmm. i I think that that you have different people that would run differently you know like like unique you know created to be unique Mm -hmm. i think um what that 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 whole idea i think very much uh is still at play even though you have a generational like generality you know what i mean and so when exactly what year we were born i think there's there's some leeway in there two to three years either way mm-hmm. but for the most part like i'm i'm a classic gen x um with a little bit of a millennial tent like tendency because i'm yeah. closer to millennial mm-hmm. this is one of these moments you know right. so after millennial you have gen z and gen z uh that's like being born right around oh man i would even say like 97 98 and then up um and then uh, maybe even a little earlier than that. And then uh, maybe in 93, 94. And then you have alphas that are 12 years old and younger. Okay. And uh, so they're coming down the pipeline. They're, right. they're here. Yeah. So I, we, like I said, we're not hearing a whole lot about alphas. And I'm sitting here going, well, really, what's the difference between Gen Z and the alphas. So tell me a little bit about the alpha generation, what they're like, what they're going to be like, and really what the difference is between them and Z. They're, they're as much different from Z as millennials are from Gen X. I mean, it's like, it is a very different monster uh, to a certain degree. Um, yeah, so you've got to explain alphas, that because I just don't see it, but you've got so you got to explain sure. that to me. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So um, now they have some things in common, like like I, if you would have like had the boomers' parents, like the World War One peeps, the builders, mm-hmm. if they would see Gen X and millennials, they couldn't see any difference at all. Oh, okay. They're like they're like both of you guys have pretty much forsaken any kind of traditional, um, you know, uh, ways of, of dealing. You know, you you've forsaken clothing, you've forsaken any visible expression of convention. Mm-hmm. So you guys all look the same to us. But but a millennial would say, "Do we are so different than Gen X?" But you would you'd more talk about um, invisible things like relational aspects and things like that. Got it. And now now you millennials would look at alphas and Gen Z and say, "Well, you, everybody's staring in their phones, so they're the same." And I'll be real; that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, "You're all growing up with internet in, internet in your face, so really, yeah. what's the difference between you all?" Yeah. You know, because I, you know, I think there's something to be said about uh, avoiding trying to only look at the visibles and get underneath on who people are. Okay. And um, and so the Gen Zs, just like just like builders would tell you, you're just like a Gen X, and you're all no, no. <laughs> but they would be talking about visibles, and you'd be talking about invisibles. Okay. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. We would tell that alpha, you're just like Gen Z, and they're all no, no. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, but you are. Look, you're just like you're all on your phones. You know, like everything has to be easy, but besides that, everything's different. So Gen Z tend to be self-proclaimed miserable, self-proclaimed fragile. They're looking for any excuse to give up. Okay. And that's how they were raised. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they need to be an icon. They need to be famous. They want to be in the public eye, even though their number one source of pain is rejection publicly. But yet they want to put themselves in that position. They've been bullied and threatened. Their support system threatens them, accuses them, bullies them, and yet they, they don't want another one. Mm-hmm. It, it's like they, they feel hopeless and they, they want change, but they won't do what's necessary to make the change. They, they, they want the fruits of diligence and, and challenge, but they don't want to actually uh, uh, work on discipline and, and how to deal with challenge, how to grow in the midst of this treatment. Alphas are totally different. Alphas, uh, they put up, so whereas Gen Z will put a high priority 
on being famous and being known and being understood. Mm-hmm. That, that, is a, that is a Gen Z trade down. The worst thing you could do to a Gen Z is say, I don't understand you. Even though no one in their right mind through history would say, unless people understand me, then, then they, don't, they don't love me and I'm going to give up. Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're all unique. We can't have our cake and eat it too, mm-hmm. but Gen Z thinks they can so they want to be differently than everybody else. They're like, I am different than everybody else, even though they talk the same, dress the same, sing the same, you yeah. know, post the same, eat the same. They, they're convinced they're the most unique as individuals, mm-hmm. which is very funny to me. Because if you go back into the 80s, everybody thought they were the same as everybody else, and yet everybody was completely unique. Yeah. And now it's flipped. Now they think they're unique, and yet they're doing everything as everybody else does. Well, and they're purposely trying to find ways to make themselves unique, I think. Yeah, but they're they're only finding those... Well, yeah, but but they're only finding those ways uh, through these these avenues that are tools like apps and and programs that millions of other people are also buying and finding ways in. It's like they're terrified of actually just going out on their own and actually just doing it. They have to get a precedent. They have to speak, have it seen, done first, and then they'll do it. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird, interesting thing. Okay, so um, now you have now you have alphas. So whereas Gen Z are basically miserable, and they and they want it to be everybody else's fault but their own. Mm-hmm. Alphas, they're opposite. They're like, I reject that. I don't like how my big brother and big sister are living. I don't like 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 watching all this misery and like everywhere you go where Gen Z hang out just sucks. Like. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to actually enjoy my life. I want to feel satisfied. And so, so Alpha is they'll put a high priority on enjoying life. They want to feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. Now, being satisfied and feeling satisfied are different, but, uh, but here we are. So they want to feel satisfied. We'll get to that, the difference here in a second. But okay. um, they will work for an ongoing enjoyable experience. Um, and they don't care who knows about it. That, that's also a very key difference between them and Gen Z. Gen Z wants everybody to validate their experience. So th- like a Gen Z will climb a tree just to take a picture of them doing it so that their digital identity can be seen as someone who also climbs trees. A, an alpha will just climb the tree because climbing trees is fun. So almost resorting back to, to almost Gen X in a way, or middle, you know, older yes. millennials. Yes, I actually believe that Gen X is the answer to alphas. Just like I believe boomers, yeah, just like I believe boomers are the answer to Zoomers. But they have to get out of their own way. And so... Go deeper uh, into that. What do you mean by that? um, Well, I mean, my entire book talks about how how, uh, Joneses are the answer to Gen Z. So Mm -hmm. that's that's what my book talks about. But um, but you don't talk about X being the answer from... Alphas. No, no. So I think um, I think X's uh, their strength is they can um, they actually really want to enjoy their lives. Their weakness that they really have to deal with, or they're going to lose alphas and really their kids, is they they only want things done on their terms. And if they're not on their terms, they'll withhold love. They'll withhold relationship. And so that's why their kids are Gen Zs that are disillusioned. Their mm-hmm. kids have to go their own way. This whole thing, they, they don't like the idea that anything would be withheld from them, especially relationship and love, because their parents tend to do that. Mm-hmm. Even though their parents put a high priority on being icons and famous and having fun, it's only on their terms. Like, if a Gen X is, is a wakeboarder, they want their kids to be wakeboarders, or they don't know how to deal with them. If, they, if a Gen X is a musician, they want their kids to be a musician, or they don't know how to deal with them. And I could just, the list can go on. Mm-hmm. And so with, a, with an alpha, an alpha just wants to enjoy life. And alpha, like you show them a, a, like a pathway in life to enjoy, they'll just get on it. That's why these like, kids are, are the most amazing skateboarders, BMX bikers, archers, painters, singers. They're just, they just want to enjoy their life. Mm-hmm. And they could care less if they get anything out of it from the public eye. That's the main difference between them and Gen Z. And so Gen, Gen X are very good at facilitating that. They're very good at like, hey, man. Dude, you know what's fun? Camping. Or you know what's fun? Uh, diving for abalone or deep sea fishing or surfing or skateboarding or 
cricket. I mean, I don't know, like whatever they do, you know what I mean? Whatever they do, Gen X picks one thing to be really good at. And Gen Alpha is always looking for something to experience to the fullness. And I really believe those two things could really help. So does that mean that alphas will probably probably be less in front of a screen because they will want to be experiencing life more? Oh my gosh, there's, there's something very deep in that question. The assumption is that screens will even exist in 15 years. What I mean by that okay, is, um, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Apple has already explained that they want to make the iPhone obsolete as quick as they can. They're now moving toward augmented reality through some kind of lens that you put on your face. Mm-hmm. And eventually it would just be simple eyeglasses. And eventually they're even hoping that like the technology would exist to just have contact lenses. I mean, I know we're getting into fiction at this point, but it's really not like mm-hmm. there's all these patents already exist. So that literally wherever you would look, you wouldn't have to look down at your hand. You wouldn't need to wear anything. It wouldn't be like that for your hands. Your hands would be free. And you would just be looking at life. Like if you just look up, wherever your listener is looking up right now, if they're driving, if they're at home, you, wherever you would look, you would see an ad over that Walmart. You would see, um, you, 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 could, you could be in a completely different alternate reality where literally dinosaurs are walking down the street next to you. You would have use usable tools and you could literally find a way it would recognize your eye you could literally look at something change how you focus and blink and you could literally be buying things at that walmart to your right you could be it'd be a very strange augmented reality but this is actually the future of where we're going and so instead of staring down into a box in their hand they would just have this thing on regularly and um and so it, it's an overlay over reality. Instead of disengaging from reality to look down into another one, they would be combined. Mm-hmm. So this is this is where alphas are. That so man, they uh, now I'll talk, talk about a few other things about their heart, and I can get into the more practical things I believe are coming down the pipeline with AI. How they would even be okay with things not being real or authentic. There's like a whole lot there. Mm-hmm. But a couple more things here. So. Um, so they will work for an ongoing enjoyable experience instead of like a temporary one. They want their entire life to be an enjoyable experience for decades long. And, uh, and they will work for that. Um, uh, they will reject things in life that they see as too complicated. So that's why they're good. They just reject Gen Z because mm-hmm. for Gen Z, everything has to be overly complicated. They're trying to make up for their lack of understanding things by just making it even more complicated, Mm -hmm. like more cathartic. Um, uh, Alphas will refuse to remain somewhere uh, that that wants to remain stressed, miserable, driven, or restless. So they will not stay there. They're like, "Um, can we do it more simple? No? All right, then I'm out. Like, I'm just going to enjoy my life. Like, I love you guys. I mean, you can just stay there if you want, but I'm out. And uh, do you guys want to change this? No? Okay, great. Like everything's very simple, turnkey, just I'm going to enjoy my life. Uh, they want stability and fun, but underneath they also want dopamine and adrenaline. And uh, they want beauty, beauty and bliss. Like they just want it. And these things are, are easy math for them. Easy. Like the minute they find things that will do all of those things, they're in. And, uh, but if it's only temporary that leads to misery later, they'll kind of shy away. I, I could see alphas really not being a, a generation that would be very strong into drugs, um, like, like hard drugs. Because I could see them time. maybe exactly. They want they want a lifestyle of enjoyment. I could really see them uh, even having the wisdom to see the long term effects of things, which most generations up until then haven't really been good at. Um, we want the the immediate even at the expense of the long term, I could see Alpha seeing the, the, the fruit, the wisdom of saying, no, I need this long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple more before we get into the, the downsides of all these things. Um, uh, I believe that if Alphas are born in the 70s, like where Gen X was, was, was born, uh-huh. where, there, where their only options for living existed in the real world, <laughs> like they didn't have a digital reality, they would have changed our real world into a veritable utopia. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Like, they, they have they, how, who they are. Um, they're clear communicators. Uh, they simplify the abstract. Um, they simply solve things that, for most of us, are seemingly complicated and unsolvable problems. And they enjoy themselves doing it. Like, alphas are incredible. 
And of course, like we haven't even seen alphas into their late teens, early twenties yet. We don't even know what that's going to look like. Yeah. Who knows if an entire like political like entity will try to hack them and try to like, you know, defile or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference though, is that, that gen alphas don't care if it's real. They don't care if it's fabricated. That's mm-hmm. the sobering reality of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to you talk and it's making me think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just picturing a surge of people leaving California and New York. I know that they already are right now, but more so leaving the big cities, going out to Wyoming and South Dakota and like the places that you could be a rancher and a cowboy. And so you're having that more enjoyable lifestyle, but yet you're still getting that rush of being a cowboy you know what i mean like i guess that's what i'm picturing when you talk like i'm picturing almost the wild wild west oh yeah like the alphas would be much more about like like befriending their horse you know like (laughs) like 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 enjoying the sound of the lasso you know uh Mm -hmm. um you know like buying a brand that was handmade from their friend out in portland like just this very funny different way to live but would still work hard at it. Mm-hmm. I think the, the millennial and, and the Gen Z would be more in love with the idea of being a rancher. Mm-hmm. And I think the alpha would be in love with the moment-to-moment experience of being a rancher. Mm-hmm. Just using rancher as an example. Right. Um, I guess that's just what I keep picturing when you say that, that they want this, they still want that dopamine, but yet at the same time, they they don't want to be miserable and they kind of want that free to do what I want kind of lifestyle where you're not going to get that maybe in the big city working for a a corporate company. When you said that they like things and they're okay with things being not authentic or fake, I guess I I don't remember the the term that you used. I apologize. I don't remember what they call her, but I saw this on TikTok. There's already an IA singer and her, all her music videos, it's IA, they took someone's real voice and then just kind of captured it. And IA is creating all of these songs. And this fake female singer has over 400,000 follows on social oh, yeah. media. And it's not even Oh, real. yeah. And that blows my yeah. mind that people want to listen to it and enjoy it when it's not real. Because <laughs> you're saying you're... you're thinking just like a millennial or a Gen X or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the villain in the Matrix didn't care if it was real or not. Mm-hmm. The heroes would rather live in squalor and it be real mm-hmm. than live in paradise and it be fake. And for the first time ever, we have a generation that thinks like the villain wow. in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, a, there was a scene, uh, his name's Cypher, he's the, the villain in the Matrix, and... He, he betrays all the good, all the good guys. And he's like, he's in the good girls. And he, um, he's sitting there with the most evil of all of them in a, in a restaurant, in this high rise, in this digital world. And he's eating this steak and he goes, he's like, he's looking at this steak and he's like, I know that this is just digital, that this has nothing to do. It's just synapses firing in my brain. He's like, I know that when I put the steak in my mouth, my, it's just a computer telling my brain that it's juicy and delicious, and he puts it in his mouth. He's like, but I have one thing to say. Ignorance is bliss. And the music plays, and then he starts explaining how he's going to betray everybody Mm -hmm. in the real world, just in order to stay in the fake. So when we're talking about alphas, are alphas going to be less creative then? (laughs) And have less of a drive to create? No, I think no. I think they'll they'll actually master creativity, and most of us won't even experience it because it will be it will be just turned back into them personally enjoying their lives. I'm they don't really, even care. I'm really Who knows? Trying to wrap my brain around all this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 It's it's intense, right? It's yes. intense. Like they um. Uh, so, so um, we might see whole worlds created because right now you have video games. Mm-hmm. That people can stay in for so long that they don't want to get up and pee, so they get kidney problems. They're literally, these guys are literally have all this back fat. Their their arms are super skinny. Their legs are super skinny. They're losing their eyesight. They have like their skin is just horrible because they don't aren't showering. Their kidneys are failing them because they don't want to pee. 
And they're just sitting there playing these video games for mm-hmm. hours and hours, losing sleep. Their bodies are falling apart. Um, they're trying to figure that out. So in Japan and other places, there's actually where you can actually get onto an IV. You can actually get electrically stimulated, all your muscles and stuff. So, so you actually won't atrophy. You can just pee into a catheter, like all these things that can hook you up where you can literally just stay on a video game. And the only time you, you don't stay on the video game is when you sleep. But now they've, they've figured out a way to, to actually capture brainwave patterns and stuff. It's like, it's this whole other weird moment. And so, um, for alpha, it's the first generation when told that said, hey, if you could live the best life you would, could ever imagine, nothing would ever go wrong. You would only enjoy your life. All your relationships would be perfect, everything. But knowing in the back of your head that you would have to willingly forget that you're actually in a digital construct. We're in the first generation where over half of this generation would say that would be acceptable. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's, a, it's a different moment. And so uh, I remember uh, Keanu Reeves, he did this interview, um, I forget who he was interviewing, but he mentioned he, he had to, to talk to his younger niece um, about uh, his, um, his career, his, um, his acting career. Mm-hmm. And his niece could just care less, you know, he's just Uncle Keanu. And right. she's like, so, so you're like famous or whatever. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, so, so what's, your, what's the movie that you would say you're the most famous for? And he's like, uh, The Matrix. She's like, okay, well, what's that about? And he's like, oh, my gosh, I got to tell this modern myth to this young girl. Like, I got to – it's like telling Star Wars somebody the first time or, you know, or even something more old. Like, it's, it's a modern myth. It's a treasured story that has influenced our culture. So he's like, oh, my gosh, I got to tell her the story. Mm-hmm. And so he starts telling her the story. He's like, well, Neo, he, he wakes up in the morning. He goes to sleep every night, but he, but he senses something's off. Like something's not real, that maybe this entire world isn't real. And then he finally finds out. Someone from the real world comes in and, and, and it helps him escape. And he finds out that the real world is actually this horrible dystopian nightmare where machines have everybody hooked up as batteries. But, but their synapses keep them in this construct. And they call that the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And now he finally gets to liberate everybody and prove to them that it's not real. And then she looks over, she looks over and starts asking him very weird questions to him. Well, were they enjoying their life in the, in the construct? Uh, yeah. I mean, like everything was fine, right? Like they were just going to work and eating food and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Then who cares if it's real? Wow. And for him, he was like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, even, he didn't even know what to do with that information. Like he didn't know what to do with that perspective. And that is a very common perspective in Alpha. So it's like they don't care know... if it's genuine as long as it's enjoyable. You know that the blue pill and the red pill exist, but you just don't care. You don't care about the pills at you all. You literally don't care. He's all, he's all, you can take either one. He's mm-hmm. all, you know, man, I'd just rather wake up tomorrow morning and just go back to work. Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I know that everything we're talking about sounds science fiction in a sense, but you're not the only one talking about all of this AI stuff and things that are coming yeah. down the pipe for really the future. And how is this going to affect alpha relationships and i asked this because already there's ai girlfriends and i was watching yeah. one guy on tiktok and he's he's a married man he has a very great relationship with his wife but he was just looking at the whole ai girlfriend thing just for research purposes and he said i have an amazing relationship with my wife but yet doing exploring that whole ai girlfriend it was addicting like it messed me up and it did something to Absolutely. him. He said, this is going to be worse than porn. Well, absolutely. Well, well I'm going to bake your noodle. Let's take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. There's going to be AI pastors, AI oh, church peers, mm-hmm. church peers, mm-hmm. AI prophets, and AI counselors. Wow. And they will be seen, and the church will rise up in the majority and herald, herald this as God's will. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Dissenters will be scoffed at, silenced, rejected, seen as not up to date. Like, they only understood what's really going on. They wouldn't have a problem with it. This, you're going to see this. Um, you know, um, we, are, we will be... Uh, okay, so I just want to, I just want to, right off the gate here, I want to say this. AI, it's very important to talk about AI if we're talking about alpha, because mm-hmm. they're light. Yeah. So um, AI actually, like... It's, it's not actually speaking. It's not actually thinking. 
like we we have historically always used this word for machines, but it's not actually um, at present at least. Let's be very clear about this, okay? <laughs> As artificial intelligence gains more trust and momentum in culture, at least at present, AI simply gathers aggregate information. Like it just searches what information is already out there. It didn't think it up. It's just looking at existing information in, on, on the web. So like images, voices, poetry, uh, color schemes, mm-hmm. uh, wording, perspective. It just, it, it isn't creating. This is very important to understand. It's, AI isn't creating anything. It's just combining the aggregate data. It's just, cre- it's just combining what data is already out there in a creative way. Mm-hmm. And so um, AI democratically arrives at quote unquote the correct answer of whatever you're asking it. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on the crowd, but the crowd's always been wrong. Yeah. Well, and that's what's <laughs> so scary for alphas, when it comes to Christianity though. This is what I'm saying. So for alphas, um, there will be AI mentors and counselors within the church and it will be accepted as both beneficial and authentic Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's not cool, but it's going to, it's going to happen. So literally, they'll be able to, like an alpha will get discipled by AI in the name of Christian discipling, mm-hmm. because it's only using the correct language and, and what things look like. And so I've said this, I said this 20 years ago, I will continue to say it. You know, there's invisible ways that we can fake being Christians. And the world will duplicate and make better all of those specific ways until That's eventually true. all that will exist left. Yeah will be an actual personal communication, intercommunication between God and the individual. That's the only thing left. And by the time that is the only thing left, that's when we'll be persecuted. I really believe that. And so right now, AI, if, if all we're thinking is like, well, it's just the right language. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's like, how many times do you hear in church, we don't want to play church. And then you see them going through with emotions and, and the, the whole thing. You know, it's like, They'll sing, let your fire fall down in the most gentle, monotone, uninteresting way. I would say that's playing church. Mm-hmm. But for most of us, we don't, we like the, the sentence, it's not religion, but we'll still walk in religion. We like the sentence of, I don't want to play church, rather than actually being very sober-minded about not playing church. Mm-hmm. And so AI will hack that disinterested being okay with what it looks like instead of what it actually is. Every, any, any Christian that's just okay with what things look like, they will fall prey to this. I really believe that. Because mm-hmm. it'll use all the right language. You'll be like, I'm amazed. I already know a prophet right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, as we speak, a mm-hmm. person that is very prophetic, and, 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 and they're an intercessor. And they are amazed that they can literally ask AI, AI, what is the, um, the prophetic mandate for revival in the end times? And then AI will just aggregate, find all the different voices across the church that have said different things and blah, 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 and hand you a very prophetic sounding word. Mm-hmm. But it's just democratically being arrived at. Heaven yeah. isn't actually saying that. Right. It's a democratically arrived at truth. But we can never do that. So this is kind of your warning, like, hey, yes. stay authentic. And don't, I mean. Yeah, like, do. No, go yeah. ahead. Well, I would just say that um, historically, I would say that the insecure, um, the uh, the ones that are that are more fearful, the ones that that would the fear of man, you know, like the ones that really bow down to the fear of man, those things that that we uh, we tend to look around us, you know, even uh, uh, G.K. Chesterton, Charles Spurgeon, even Augustine said that those who lack uh, a, an actual interconnectedness with God in real time will look around at the people around them for what is right and wrong. And what is correct and and okay behavior? Mm-hmm. I'm very much paraphrasing here. And so with AI, that is that is what I just said at a ten. It's like a whole new measurement for that because now you're depending on the aggregate to tell you what to do mm-hmm. instead of God Himself telling you what to do. Because AI will never tell you to dissent because it's the aggregate, it's the crowd. But the crowd has always been wrong. Yeah, and the problem with an AI, whether it's counselor, pastor, whatever, and I hate to get political, but I don't see how you can't. Whoever's in mm-hmm. charge politically, government, can make their way through the AI. So, Absolutely. You can even regulate AI. I mean, you know, right now, if you ask AI to, to give you a certain image, even Francis. Francis has, has this book he's doing. He's this course. It's really mm-hmm. amazing. Actually, I'm part of it. We did it this morning. Um 
He did this one thing which is don't protect your sin like you're cooking your pet puppy. Cook your sin like you're cooking a chicken for dinner. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you want to bring it to the fire. Mm-hmm. And most of us think that we're cooking something uh, benevolent and, and special and protects us. And that's why we don't want to. Mm-hmm. But when we realize that it's something that we need to destroy, mm-hmm. then we'll all of a sudden cook it in the right way. And so he asked AI to make him an image of, a, of a, basically a beloved dog over flames. And it wouldn't do it. It's already regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're going to find but that once the he said a wolf. Regulated. Yes, exactly. This, this is my point. So it's already like intertwined. But guess what? Alphas won't care if it's regulated mm-hmm. as long as they're enjoying their life. This is I'm so glad that we landed here because this is my point. I'm not just talking about science fiction. <laughs> alphas. You know what I mean? Like yeah. alphas won't care. That's the scary part. You will literally eventually have churches pop, crop up where the AI pastor is preaching from the aggregate. Mm-hmm. And the human beings are showing up to a building for that. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to come to, I, I, I really want to end with, with who they are and their strengths. Because this is, yeah. and I have, I have notes here. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, I, I do want to say this, uh, just to end with that uh, AI thing. Um, Ooh, uh, all right. So um, the world's point is always, at least the world, as far as the, un- the irredeemed, non-born again, being led by the, the, the prince of the power of this world, um, it, the, the point has always been to deaden the conscience of humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Solomon was pressured to erect pagan altars, and he did it, and he knew better. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. These young ones know better. But alphas are drawn to beauty. Mm. And, and, and so the pressure by the most attractive around us holds weight when we have not encountered the most beautiful Lord of all creation. Mm-hmm. And so this is always, it's the same thing as we've always dealt with. We're just dealing with it in a different container. The Definitely. gospel is the answer for this too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to say that. Okay. Yes, so, um, yes. uh, all right. So, um, here we are. Um, all right. So, uh, um, here we are, the, 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 the Gen Alphas, man, they are just an incredible, incredible people. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. So, um, so through them, um, God will dismantle denominational biases in the church through Gen Alpha. What makes you think that? Because, because Gen Alpha are okay with the strengths of denominations, mm-hmm. but they don't like anything that would be propped up, especially when the word would say otherwise, yeah. to reject another part of the body. Mm-hmm. A Gen Alpha would be so obvious to them. They're like, didn't Paul already talk about this? Like, <laughs> aren't you? Like, you, you're following John MacArthur and you're following Bill Johnson. Aren't we saying I, you shouldn't be only following Paul or Barnabas? Like, mm-hmm. aren't we all in Christ? Like, yeah. like, they would say things like that. That is a Gen Alpha thing to say. A Janapa thing to say would say, hey, you're asking me what, like, to choose between predestination versus free will. But what you're really asking me to do is, is, is choose what scriptures I won't believe in anymore. Mm. Like, that's a Gen Alpha thing to say. They will, re- they will dismantle denominational biases, like that, that, that divide. Mm-hmm. They would love to learn about the strengths of each denomination, but they will reject whatever, whenever a denomination tells you you can't trust that other denomination, they're out. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I, I don't want that from you, which means I can't be your denomination. And, and, and I'm, <laughs> I'm so hard-pressed to find a denomination that doesn't eventually land at we're better and we have more information than that denomination over there, so don't go over there. Right. I, I'm hard-pressed to, to find a denomination that doesn't do that. So I believe that Gen Alpha, um, that God will use them to dismantle those biases, that will actually start drawing the body of Christ together again. Mm-hmm. So that's one. Another one, I believe... Um, God will do a great work in and among them. Alphas will be pursued, uh, like just hardcore, like more than even generations before them, by the invisible things of God. So the Holy Spirit, like be pursued relentlessly by the Holy Spirit and rewarded for any yes toward God uh, in startling and potent ways. Because so much of their life will be pushing them to reject reality even, as long as they're enjoying their life any, like his eyes will search to and fro throughout the earth through, through this generation, this coming up generation for any of them that will say, you know what, even if my entire life is misery, I will not say no to God. 
I would say yes to every single thing he wants. And, and I'm telling you, as the cost increases socially and culturally on a global scale, I believe that God will meet their yes mm-hmm. with greater and greater evidences of an invisible kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's a big deal. And so one last one. Um, I believe that God will acclimate a remnant of them, of mm-hmm. Alpha, mm-hmm. to the very real and tangible reality of life lived here on Earth. So instead of trying to escape um, Earth for the ideal life, I believe that them being born again by His blood, uh, made alive by His resurrection, anointed by His Spirit, uh, even um, like a fire put within them uh, for an undeniable desire to see this world know God in Christ, um, that somehow as they're delivered from that whole, I don't care if it's real or not, as, as they can see, and, and their seeing is being seen more and more different, to the rest of everyone else around them, mm-hmm. they'll catch a fire for others. They'll become a Neo in Matrix. They'll, okay. they'll, they'll, they'll you, you'll see street, street preaching again, even, even when they know they'll be arrested for it. I believe they will be the herald to the final generation, which is the generation after them. I really believe that. Could be wrong. We've heard a lot of people say this throughout the last 400 years of human society, but yeah. they're called alphas already. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt in my mind that the earth will name the generation after them Omega. Mm. I have no doubt in my mind. We were having that conversation, a friend of mine, the other day. We're like, okay, when is Jesus coming back? We already have alphas. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Generation Omega, we know we're done. Like, <laughs> I really believe that. I believe that the earth, once again, will be prophesying, once again, without mm-hmm. even realizing it, or they just don't care. Mm-hmm. They'll be prophesying the last generation. And I believe that, um, that uh, Gen Z's children will be the last generation. That's what you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Before we end, cause I know that what kind of what you said about all the positives there of, of alpha would yeah. really wrap this up, but I do have a question. I want to know oh, yeah. what Z and alpha are going to be like as adults, because when millennials were yet or just kind of up and coming and starting to work, Really, the prediction was, even though there was a lot of, oh, they're lazy and they're this and they're that, there was that millennials have drive and they're going to be entrepreneurs and they're going to be pioneers. Yeah. And they were, and you've noticed that. And there are a lot of, I know at least where I live, the number one millionaires, generation of millionaires, are millennials that live in our area. What are Gen Z and Gen Alpha going to be like as adults? What are they going to bring well, I to the think, table? Um, oh, yeah. Well, Gen Z, um, I think they're already starting to get fed up with what they've been handed. Because Gen Z as a generation, in, internally, how they were designed is not how they're visibly expressed. They've been pressured and bullied and threatened into this victim-y, uh, always looking for another reason to be offended thing because they've, they've been politicized. Mm-hmm. They've been monetized and they've been politicized. And so they're just political fodder. And, you know, um, they're, and, and they're terrified of going against the crowd because they're terrified of being um, rejected. Mm. And an entire political movement has, has capitalized on that. Mm-hmm. But it's getting old. Mm-hmm. And already, some, some Gen Z are already being like, I don't care. But the problem is, is they stay with the I don't care mode. Mm. So they're kind of like turning inward. They're, 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 they're just a jaded generation. They're just very jaded. However, as they grow older, those that will actually take up the mantle of the invitation of God, like born again, spirit filled, joyful, overcoming Gen Z, um, man, like, you know, whom, you know, who has forgiven much is loved much. And at the same time, like the more, the, the, the darker the prison you were released from, the more grateful you are for life. And, um, I'm, I, I, I predict that the older Gen Z will be overcome with gratitude. Mm-hmm. And overcome with a with a with a feeling that that they are that they have been given a blessed gift called life, and that whatever they're going through, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Like I I I predict mm-hmm. that older like once they hit their fifties, maybe even their forties, Gen Z will really be walking in this deep gratitude. They'll value their relationships. They'll fight for their relationships. It won't be it won't be so easy for them just to cast them aside and stomp on them just be, to make themselves feel better and in, in the temporary um and i and i think it'd be very hard to politicize them when they get older Mm -hmm. Uh, i i see a massive they're already starting already but i see a massive move into conservatism 
uh, yes. through them. Mm-hmm. Um, it will take more and more uh, diabolical uh, movements to keep them voting in, in that specific realm of, of liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then the alphas will roll in and be like, I don't care as long as I'm enjoying life. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just a whole other thing they can do. So, so I think when alphas grow up, man, you know, uh, if, if altruism, because I, I believe that, that the, the alphas altruistic nature will be hacked. I believe that it'll be funneled into helping other quote unquote, helping others live in a, in a false world that's catered to them. Mm-hmm. An augmented reality. So, so, uh, but the ones that don't, I believe those will be um, almost like a, a small community of thinkers, a small community of the enlightened, um, to borrow words from the world. Um, I believe that uh, the Alpha Church, you will see the precursor to the End Times Church. And I, and I believe that uh, they will focus less and less on how to reach the lost and focus more and more on reaching the lost. And what I mean by that is actually doing it instead of sitting around in committees yeah. all day and spending millions and millions of dollars looking a certain way to yeah. attract the lost, mm-hmm. that we just go out and pursue them again. Yeah, it took me a second when you said that. I'm like, what do you, what's the difference? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, you're talking about not looking at how we'll reach the lost, but we're actually going to go out and reach the lost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say instead of trying to attract the lost, I think this is what I really mean. The yes. alphas will be very disinterested in attracting the lost because they'll finally understand it. You will never attract the lost. You will only attract the ones God's already breathing on to come, so go get them anyway. Right. Uh, when the, the more the world, the less influence it has in culture. Can you say that and again? The more we actually you just, here, yeah, sure. Can you say that again because you went out and then came the back more, in? Yeah, the more the church historically, because I've studied this throughout history, the more the church is more interested in becoming relevant and attractive to an unbelieving, God-hating world, the less influence we have in the world and in culture and in society. But the more we actually just actually hand the world without trying to be attractive, we just hand the gospel out there. We create opportunities for those that God are already is already drawing to actually accept the free forgiveness of God, to be made one in and through Christ with God. All those things, the minute we start actually just reaching the lost instead of trying to attract the lost, it's like, well, we'll give you what you, we'll give you the medicine if, you walk through our doors, but instead it, it's nothing about the doors anymore. Mm-hmm. It's actually, no, we're going to go get them again. And I believe alpha will finally be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why, like, is it because <laughs> is Cause it... it doesn't work? Yeah. Alpha rejects anything that doesn't work. Okay. Our numbers are, are literally the numbers we throw at how, how trying to get people into the doors. Mm-hmm. And then even then maybe most of the time we still don't give them the message. It's like, Everything but the actual gospel is, is, is put forth as the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the alphas would just sideline all of that and just get right to the gospel. We spend billions of dollars a year on trying to get people to relate to the church. It's almost like we're more concerned with being liked by the world than actually being the solution for the world. And um, I know it's not biting and harsh. I don't, I, I'm just saying this reality. No, and I think reality. alphas see it. And that's what Jesus said. I mean, Jesus said they're yeah. not going to like you because yeah. of me. Sure. Like, that's a reality. Yeah. So why try and yeah. make them like you when Jesus already said they're not going to like you? Yes. And so I think alphas will say, look, I, this life is in me. Oh, my gosh, it's me and you, God. And then look around. So I think like the millennials, you guys were more like, hey, this isn't working. The Gen Z just stopped coming. I believe the alphas will actually redeem the, the original message. But if, if alphas are living, I'm just playing devil's advocate, advocate here, but if alphas sure, are sure. living yeah, in yeah, this yeah. false reality, in a sense, and they're comfortable, why would they want to hear the gospel or give their hearts to Jesus when they're, in a sense, <laughs> living in this AI world and everything's fine? We could say the same thing in the 80s. Well, if all these people are just in these drug-induced rock and roll comas, why would they even want the gospel in the 90s? Yeah. Well, all these people are just having sex and like living with all their friends and watching mm-hmm. Seinfeld and listening to grunge rock. Why would they? And then we could just keep going. Yeah, that's but it's true. like no, inevitably, right. Right. the only people that can hear the gospel and actually receive it are the ones that God has already drawn to receive it. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is the gospel. This is, Jesus himself said that, and so did Paul. And so this is the whole thing. Only those who come, to, the, only the those who come to me are the Father draws. This is just how this works. This is 
that elusive predestination doctrine here. But, you know, God has a plan, and he, he draws those to him, and they all of a sudden have ears to hear the gospel, and the ones that he's not drawing don't. This is how this works. And so there was always going to be a remnant. He has a plan for every single generation, no matter what, and I'm, I'm convinced that his plan for Alpha, it will look the most pristine, the most authentic, the most... Uh, pared down just the bare bones of, of what we see in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. And by the time that happens, even most of the church will be kind of disinterested. Mm-hmm. And I think they will have a, but this is pre-revival culture, disinterested. We have all the answers. We have, we, we have justified not doing what God's asked us to do because, or this, this world or this modern age or any of the number of reasons. And alphas, I think will just walk in it. Hmm. Those who are born again, those who are delivered from the weaknesses of Alpha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I got. Holy moly. Okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome into what, I, what I'm like constantly praying about every day with the Lord. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, my word. Well, I can't, like, I'm kind of speechless because I really wasn't expecting to go down this road of AI and all the things, but really, that's reality. And, you know, how many times did we say even 10 years ago, you know, this whole LGBTQ thing and transgender thing is going to open up the door for pedophilia and legalizing it? And we're, and people were like, oh, no, 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 that's never going to happen. People just want freedom. Like, that's never going to happen. And now you're starting to see, oh, yeah. changing of language and starting to legalize yeah. pedophilia in different areas. And so we can't look at what you just said and say, oh, that's never going to happen. The AI thing. It's, well, I mean, it's most people do. Because it probably will. <laughs> I mean, yeah, only- most people do say that will never happen. But that's just because most people, most can only measure what they've already seen. Most. Or it's negative and they don't want to believe it. Oh, either one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm that type <laughs> that of person. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very much, the glass isn't half full. Like, it's overflowing, even though it's only half full. Like, my bullet type is be, po- be positive. Like, I'm just a positive person, and I don't like negative <laughs> things. And so when I hear uh, the negatives about the future and the next generation, my natural inkling is, oh, that's not going to happen. I mean, I, when yeah. COVID was coming around, I'm like, the world's not going to shut down. That's stupid. And what happened? The world shut down. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> yeah, y- yeah. Y- we can automatically go to that because we just don't want to think negatively. But it's not to create doom. It's just to create preparation is really what it is. Yeah, I mean, from the outside in, it's just obvious when you look at the progression of where things are already going mm-hmm. and just studying culture and all these things. And, you know, I, I believe I have an eye for this, you mm-hmm. know, just historically. This is where God's anointed um, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would say um, I would be hard-pressed to not warn to prepare for what I described. Mm-hmm. I don't mean prepare in this weird lock the doors and shutters and hide until Jesus rolls in. Uh, that would be the opposite of what I mean. Um, I mean um, more prepared to engage in that way. Um, uh, I'm being pushed to write a book on Alphas. Um, I, I think it might be a little premature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe at least let them get into teen years first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see what um, see what the enemy tries to roll in and, and manipulate them with first. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, but 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 for right now, um, I'm convinced uh, that in the very least, that uh, their their deep desire to enjoy life and make things simple, and at the same time, their kind of casual eh, about if something is authentic or not, mm-hmm. really sets the stage for AI to come in and fill that vacuum. Yeah, yeah, which sounds scary, but that's like because what you said. I'm a millennial, so everything I see, I'm seeing. Yeah. So the hope is that God has a plan, not just hope, the knowing. We know that God has a plan for every single generation. He says that in the word. So that means this generation too. Yes. (laughs) And you said in your book, you said that Gen Z is an answer to our prayers. And I believe that Gen Alpha is also going to be an answer to our prayers. What those prayers are, I, I don't know which ones, but I believe that it's going to be an answer to some of our prayers that we've been praying. And like you said, not how do we reach this generation, but just actually going out and do it. Brian Burkett is the uh, writer, author of Zoomers, a manual for discipling and ultimately enjoying this generation called Z. Even though we talked today about alphas, 
please get the Zoomer book, no matter what generation you are, because I think it's going to help you. Whether you're a parent, <laughs> on Amazon. Yes, it's on Amazon, and I'll stick the I'll stick the link in the show notes, so that way they can awesome. they can just click on it and get it. But you definitely want to get this book. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a, a pastor, evangelist, or a grandparent, parent. You have a Gen Z in your life, even an alpha. This is the book that you want to get. So, Brian, thank you so much for talking with me again today. I know that you and I could talk all day long, just just the kind of people you and I are. But uh, but thank you for being yeah. here and just sharing your heart and sharing some things that we really need to chew on for the future. <laughs> Come on, can I can I pray us out? Can yes, I can I get please. Em? Yes. Oh, let's do it. Oh, Jesus, I I, I bless. Um, Okay, in fact, I'm just going to go direct. You sitting there praying. I'm praying for you. Uh, God doesn't know time and he doesn't know distance as far as limitation. So here we are. So I'm just going to pray for you right now. Um, that the God of all creation, the, the, the one seated on the throne, the glorified king, um, that he would open your eyes to see your role in this mm. coming generation. Uh, that whatever, whatever insecurity has maybe even said, you know, you can't do this because of this. Maybe it's even like a pet, like that little pet insecurity. Um, I believe God is saying, it's time to give this to me. Um, no more. You actually do have a voice. You, you, you no longer have to fight for your voice. I've given it to you. Um, you. You no longer have to be in the shadows. You no longer have to be hidden. Um, that you are actually not just worth it. You actually have a strong voice, but I've actually called you and anointed you. And so uh, as, as Gen Alpha is coming down the pipeline, um, that, that your eyes would be open and that your heart would be alive uh, to where they, they would need you to come alongside and keep them acclimated to reality, to keep their temperature warm and hot for the Lord as they continue to walk this journey of life on earth. And may it be as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brian. Come on. Come on. Yeah, anytime. Rachel, anytime. This is fun. Always so fun talking to Brian. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unique on Purpose podcast. Remember, no matter what generation you were born in, you were created unique and unique on a purpose. Don't forget to check out Brian's book, Zoomers, a manual for discipling and ultimately enjoying this generation called Z is in the show notes. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I will see you next time.